Well, let's look at Romans 8, 14 this morning. Romans 8, 14. It says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God, or these are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Notice verse 15 says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. Let's back up to verse 14, actually. It says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons and daughters, the children of God. So if you're a child of God, you can expect to be led by Him. Period. He leads His children. He's a good father. Verse 15 says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Notice it says, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. Amplified classic, this, uh, verse, eight, or verse 15 there. It says, for the spirit which you have now received is not a spirit of slavery to put you once more in bondage to fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption, the spirit producing sonship, in the bliss of which we cry, Abba, Father, Father. So it says, you haven't received a spirit of slavery to put you into bondage to what? Fear. In the NLT version, verse 15 says, so you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you receive God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. 2 Timothy 1.7 in the New King James says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. God has not given us a spirit of fear. We read that we have not received a spirit that makes us fearful slaves, that makes us, that, that is a spirit of slavery, that puts us in bondage to fear, we read earlier. Here it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That's what we have. In the CEV, verse 7 says, God's Spirit doesn't make cowards out of us. The Spirit gives us power, love, and self-control. That's what we have. Everybody say, that's what I have. So I have a spirit of power and of love and of sound, a sound mind. Say, I, I have uh, power, love, and self-control. No fear. Now this is something, especially in the time we live in, we just need a good dose every little bit. You know, you might have a favorite meal or meals that you like to eat. And it's nice when you get to eat those meals and you don't say just because you liked it, oh, well, I had that last year. I don't need it. I don't want it. Now you might have had it but you want to eat it again. With, with our, um, the, the nutrients that we need, vitamins, minerals, you need those on a regular basis. And sometimes you need a good dose of certain things, depending on what's going on. You know, if you're going to work out a lot, then you need protein, you need carbs. If you don't have any carbs, you're not going to have any energy to do anything. Well, I, I ate carbs this morning. Yeah, but you just ran five miles and you, you know, lifted or whatever. You need some more. If you're not going to do, you know, um, was it Michael Phelps? Is that his name? The, the swimmer, you know, yeah, several years ago, uh, the gold medalist, incredible athlete. You know, it was, there was a, you know how in the Olympics they'll have these in-between little side stories and people, the little human interest things. And it's showing what he ate in a day. There's thousands of calories, like 8,000 or more calories. 
10,000? You know, he'd eat a whole pizza and just keep going. I mean, to down that much food. But he was swimming tons, so he's burning off. He needed that to be able to do what he's, he, he was doing. Now, you just eat that without swimming or without putting out the, the, exer the exerting the energy? <laughs> you know what's going to happen. It's just going to stay with you. You know, you eat, you eat 10,000 calories in a day, and tomorrow, and the next day, that's hard to put down. That's a lot of food. And you're not using any of it? You know what's going to happen. But if you're using it, uh, you know, it, it comes, it just goes. You know, if you ever played sports, uh, you drink water, but then you're working out, or you're, you're running around, you want more water. You're just playing outside. You know, I know we used to, we'd be just playing outside. You know, when I was growing up, when we hit summer, we would just be, we'd head out in the morning and wouldn't come back. I mean, we'd come in and get meals, but basically we'd be gone all day and come back uh, in the evening when it was dark. Nobody's worried about anything. We just went out and played. That's what you did. But if we needed a drink and we were outside, we'd go get the hose and turn it on, run it for a little while. So, till it got cold, how many of you know what I'm talking about? And then just drink it. Now people, well, i got to have something inside. We, we would just go to the hose. But if you drank the water, you, you were using, you know, you, you would be exerting yourself, so then you needed more water. Well, with, with everything that's been going on for quite a while, I mean, this is an area we can use a good dose just every once in a while, look, we don't need to fear. We have not been given a spirit of fear because there is fear everywhere packaged in all kinds of presentations. People don't even realize it's fear. And they just gulp, receive it, and they're walking in complete fear, don't even realize it because it permeates our society. But we just read, we don't have fear. God doesn't make us cowards. God doesn't make us weak. That's not from God. So, they, you know, thoughts that would be like, oh no, what's going to happen? That's not God, because God is not thinking that. God's not saying that. So where would it come from? Not God. He just said, you have not been given a spirit of fear. That's not what we have, so who's trying to push that on you? Well, something that would try to make you slaves, something that would try to make you in bondage, because fear is a bondage. Just looking up, just with the dictionary, you know, we've, we've gone over some of these things, of course, before, but this won't hurt us to, to repeat some of these things here. Fear, definitions, some definitions of fear... One is the emotion experienced in the presence or threat of danger. You can feel something. You can also feel something when there's no danger. <laughs> but you've been told there's danger. Something's going to hurt you. You know, this might, I don't know, depending on your background, might seem, you know, weird to you, but we would go play outside, you know, we had, we lived in a cul-de-sac, you know, circle, uh, at the bottom of a hill, and um, there was empty lots all around that cul-de-sac, just hadn't been built out, you know, our, our house was on one side, and there were some other foundations that just were never finished, and then there was a couple more houses that, that got built. Or time, but there was just a bunch of weeds there, and they would grow up over time, and then they would come through and mow it down every once in a while. But anyway, there was all kinds of, you know, bugs and stuff out there. But they, uh, we would get these garden spiders. I mean, they're pretty big, the yellow and black on their um, abdomen there. I mean, they would get, they're like that big. We just play with them. We let them run around in our, in our hands and do stuff. You know what? My mom grew up on a farm in Missouri. They, they would do all kinds of stuff. She was fearless on that type of stuff. She was like, ah, it won't hurt you. Okay, won't hurt us. We just play with them. They don't. They're not, it's not like, you know, a black widow or something. You'd be stupid to do that. 
if you could even find one, I mean, they're not, they're not common, but this is, this is harmless. Oh, it's harmless. But if you've been told that thing will kill you, well, you, you're going to react different, even though maybe not true. Well, it's a spider. Well, what's it going to do to you? I, well, I don't know, but it looks ugly. It's going to hurt you. <laughs> now, for some reason, I didn't care about those, but there was other, these, these little, you know, um, not a wolf spider, but forget what they're called. Anyway, uh, other kinds of little spider. Maybe it is a wolf spider. I don't want to touch those things. Those things, they may bite you. You know, it's like, I'm not messing with you. I don't like you. But these, they're okay. Mom said so. <laughs> Plus, we played with them all the time. We were like, yeah, it's okay. It's not messing with you. They won't hurt you. As as you, you know, we let them run up and down our arms. That might freak somebody out. But they're, they, were, they were cool looking, and, and we would mess with them. But you, you could have real danger, and then you could have the threat of not danger, but in your head it's danger. Either way, you're going to experience some of the same stuff. We know this. You know, even if there's no danger of, any, uh, of you actually being harmed, you can still go feel the emotion and it can affect your behavior. You will not do certain things because you you're afraid something's going to happen even though there's no real threat. So it can be that, the, the emotion experience in the presence of a threat or uh, in the, the presence or threat of danger it can be an uneasy state of mind usually over the possibility of an anticipated misfortune or trouble notice that an uneasy state of mind usually over the possibility of an anticipated misfortune or trouble in other words just because you think something might happen that can cause you to fear and be uneasy <laughs> anybody ever experienced it of course we all have and how many of the things actually came to pass that we were so afraid of when you think sometimes you're afraid of this happening you get by that and then there's something else you're afraid of. you can live in perpetual fear that way but what, what do we read to begin with? God has not given us a spirit of fear. He hasn't, we have not received a spirit that makes us slaves. You know you can be a slave to fear? There's always something that you're afraid of, bound. It's, it's a spirit. It's real. It'll try to hover over you and control your life. If you let it. But we don't have to let it. We need to know that we have not been given it. The world will tell you, oh yeah, you've been given it and give it to you in all these different variants. And tell you that you're supposed to be afraid. That if you're not, you're just not thinking clearly. God didn't tell us we're supposed to be afraid. God's not afraid. Did, did I lose somebody there? Did somebody think, well, I don't know. God's not afraid of anything. Nothing. Yeah, but what if this happened? He's not afraid. Yeah, but if this happens, not afraid. Yeah, but surely, no, it doesn't bother him. Nothing. You, anything you can name does not bother the Almighty. You think about God getting afraid of something. Nothing. Anything you could bring up. Well, yeah, but what if... Okay. Why not? Because he, he's almighty. He can, he can... He has all power. Well, he's the one that's given us... Not, he's given us a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. It's the same spirit. It's his spirit. If you're a Christian, it's, it's his spirit. Well, that means we didn't get any fear with the package. No fear came. There wasn't a little bit of fear. Well, hey, what'd you get in your package? Well, I guess I got some fear. What'd you get? No fear of mine. Woohoo! <laughs> some people, you think, well, I don't know. I just got my lot in life. I guess I got some fear here. I, I just, this is just my personality. Well, um, some people are more prone to think a certain way, maybe, but fear did not come with the package. You can choose to be afraid or choose just not to be afraid. We can choose not to yield 
Yield means, you know what yield means? We don't use that a lot in our normal, um, we were talking about this, we don't, we don't use that term a lot in our normal language. Hey, did you yield to that person? Unless you're talking about traffic. Then everybody knows what it means. What does it mean? You know what a yield sign looks like? It's a triangle. It just means you give way. If you're merging, two, two lanes are merging, the, the person that has the yield is supposed to let the other person go. That doesn't always happen. That can be the cause of, of dissension. Man, I could go off here. I think I'm just going to pass, pass up that opportunity. But, but you know what yield means. When we yield, we let something else go ahead. Well, fear can press on you, but you don't have to yield to it. And some people, you know, it's tempting to think that the, the, the presence of fear means you're yielding to it. That's not true. You choose whether you yield to it. In other words, it can be hovering there, and you could say, no, I've not been given that, and I will not yield. I will not yield to that. No. Now, it can come back. Try to sit on you. You could have symptoms of being afraid. You could, you, the back... Uh, the, the hair on the back of your neck could be standing straight up and you can still resist fear. You can say, no, no, I'm not going to fear. I will not. You could be, there could be thoughts. No, this is going to happen. Remember we talked about the possibility of something. No, this will happen to you. Nope, not going to be afraid. And most of the time, so many times it does, whatever was the thought that was trying to come at you, it didn't happen anyway. But fear, regardless if it happens, something comes or not, fear will try to bind you so that you go from one situation, you're afraid, and then it resolves. But then something is right on the heels of it. You ever experienced that? Oh, that's done. And right, you haven't gotten you know, two seconds out of that. Something's there to try to make you afraid of the next thing. So, well, I'm not afraid. Worry, anxiety, going over something over and over in your head is all fear. Now let's read some of these. We'll read these synonyms. Fear is alarm, anxiety, dread, fearfulness, fright, horror, panic, scare, terror, strain, stress. Well, I'm stressed. You're afraid. Now, there's good stress about, you, you know, you stress in your muscles or you, you stress in to, to push. It's called you stress going further in something. But de distress, de-stress, that's what most people are talking about when they talk about stress. That's not good, and it's really fear. Tension, anguish, desperation, discomfort, dismay, Distraction, did I hit anybody ever experienced any of these yet? Distress, disturbance, edginess. You know we get edgy sometimes when we're afraid. What's wrong with you? Well, sometimes you just need to go have a sandwich. You haven't eaten, you know, first thing, you're, you're really up, somebody's really upset. Are you tired or hungry? Just like a baby sometimes, you know, we're, we're just big kids. Well, have you eaten? Did you get enough sleep? No, but that's not the problem. Oh, yeah, that's the problem. We just honed in on the problem. <laughs> just go eat. Get something to eat. And, and then, oh, man, everything is, I, I feel better. You know, hangry. You could say, fearful. <laughs> fearful, but you're hungry. Or sleepy. You know, you're tired. But you're edgy. Well, could just be those things. Could also be the fact that you're just afraid. And as you get stressed, as you feel afraid, you tend to be sharp with other people. Maybe you're just given into fear. Franticness, hand-wringing, jumpiness, jitters. These are all related terms to fear. 
doubt, foreboding, suspense, uncertainty. <laughs> uncertainty. That's related to fear. People are afraid of what's going to happen. What is going to happen? Well, I'll tell you one thing. Jesus, God Almighty, is on the throne. And He is going to be victorious. And if we're with Him, we're victorious. That's one thing that's going to happen. What about everything else? I don't know what's going to happen here and here. Well, one thing is we don't know certain things, but one thing we know for certain, we're not supposed to be afraid. Not been given any fear. Not supposed to stay up all night. Not supposed to go around talking about how bad things are going to be. Not supposed to be afraid. Well, I'm not afraid. I'm just, I'm just wondering. <laughs> okay. See, sometimes we try to go, we know there's certain things we're not supposed to do. So then we're going we're gonna to sugarcoat it and go around it so that it doesn't sound bad. We can still, with a straight face, or try to, say that we're, you know, we're, we're believing and believing in God and, and we're all settled, but, and then just kind of wiggle over here. And what we're describing is really, yeah, we're afraid. Well, I'm not afraid. I'm just, you know, I'm wondering. I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I want to look this up and this up. Why? What if something happened? You know, you're thinking about, well, what would happen? Well, I'll tell you what, God would still be there. God is still true. God is still on the throne. Now, He sure doesn't control everything. People have added that. Well, God's in control. I don't have time to teach on that. I've taught on it. And if I just threw you for a loop, come talk to me afterwards. I'll point you to some sermons. God is not messing up the world. He's not doing everything. That's not Him. But He is on the throne, and we can trust Him. We can look to Him. We can believe Him. On the other hand, some antonyms for fear. So what, what is really supposed to be in us? Assurance. Boldness. Confidence. Bravery. Courage. Daring. Fortitude. Valor. When you read these things, you should be saying, that's me. This is describing me. Because you're so great? No, because we know what He has said. And we know who He is and what He's given us and, and who He is to us. Guts, nerve. It also, uh, the opposites for fear, calm, calmness, content. If you're content, that doesn't go well with fear. Being content, see, if you're content, you're okay. Fear is, I'm not okay because I'm about, something's about to be upended. Ease, peace, quiet, tranquility. Comfort. These are things we're supposed to experience as children of God, not the things that are associated with fear. And that's essentially what 2 Timothy says. We have not been given a spirit of fear, but a power of love, a sound mind. These all go, these are all opposites of anything associated with fear. That's what we're supposed to experience, and we can experience, and we don't need to yield to the other. You say, yeah, but there's a pressure there. I, I'm, I'm feeling afraid. I can't help it. We can help it. Number one, we got to know that hasn't been dished up to us. I have not been given it, so I'm not going to take it. I don't care who says what, 
about what and, and making a big deal about things. We don't have to be afraid. People are afraid for things that there's no reason to be afraid. Look at John 4, 18. It says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. Fear involves torment. It says, perfect love casts out fear, but fear involves torment. Fear is tormenting. Fear will keep you up at night. Fear will distract you at work. Fear will keep you from relationships from, uh, with your family. Fear will keep you out of God's plan for you because you don't believe that you can do it. Fear will keep you from applying for a certain position because you're afraid of what might happen. You might be rejected. Fear will keep you away from trying certain things because you're afraid you might fail. It's tormenting, and it's relentless if we let it. It will make you a slave. But we have not been given fear. Here it says, perfect love casts out fear. That means the love of God. Well, we know what God has given us is not fear, What he's given us is his spirit, and that's the spirit of love, and there's no fear in that. Look at Hebrews 2, verse 14. We're just going over some of these verses, giving ourselves, uh, putting these things in front of us. Encouraging ourselves, stirring ourselves up. It says, Inasmuch then as children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, verse 15, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. In the NLT it says, Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. Somebody says, I'm not afraid of dying. Well, that's a fear of death in all its forms. Afraid of loss. Afraid of something bad happening. That makes you a slave. That means there's only certain things you can do and certain things you cannot do. In the Amplified, it says that, and also that he might deliver and completely set free all those who through the haunting fear of death were held in bondage through the whole course of their lives. Haunting fear of death. Fear will try to get a grip on you and try to press on you and try to lead you. Well, I can't do such and such because... Something else might happen. If that is our mode of operation, if that is what, how we make decisions, then we are not being led by the Spirit of God, wherein there is no fear. We're being led by the enemy because fear comes from him. We need to understand that whenever we start making decisions based on fear, We are not being led by God because God will never lead by fear. He's not afraid. That's not how He leads. So if we feel afraid, the thing to do is we need to resist it, not yield to it. If we resist it and then act on what God has said, don't make decisions based on the fear, push the fear out. Being led by fear is going to lead us into the wrong place. We don't need to fear ever 
and we certainly don't want to set our course based on avoiding certain things. Now, there's a balance to this. You know, if, if, if you're about to cross the street and there's an 18-wheeler coming, you say, well, I'm not afraid. We're going to be going to your funeral. That's stupid. That's real danger. And there's nothing in the Bible that says, thou shalt step out in front of a moving truck and thou shalt be okay. <laughs> it does not say that. It says if you drink anything deadly, it won't hurt you. Don't do it on purpose. That's dumb. But if you happen to come across something and drink something that, well, that's poison. Well, I know the scripture I'm standing on right now. I don't have to be afraid. <laughs> but we do not act on fear. If we make a decision, well, I don't know, would this happen, would this happen? I don't know. You, you can go crazy that way. How are you going to know what to avoid during the day? Because you don't know what's going to happen. Now you start, well, I can't go there because of this, and I can't talk to that person because of this. If you start making decisions like that, you're being led by something else other than God. That's not how the Christian's supposed to act. We have not been given that spirit. That spirit is trying to make us a slave. So when we feel that pressure, we, just, we need to say, oh no, I'm not going to be a slave. I will not be a slave. I'm not going under that. But it's subtle. You know, we read all these words that have association with fear or that are opposites of fear. People buy into fear all the time. Christians buy into fear. Look at Revelation 1, uh, verse 4. You can skip down a little bit, Julia. We'll come back up. I mentioned, some, I mentioned just a little bit on Wednesday. Just about these things. But Revelation 1, verse 4 says, John to the seven churches which are in Asia. Fear and trembling be unto you. Is that what it says? It's the beginning of Revelation. Horror. And knocking knees be to you. It says, grace to you and peace from him who is and was and who is to come. You can stand right there and read that and get peace. That will combat fear. Because he is... It says, He is and was and who is to come. And it's saying, Grace and peace to you. From the seven spirits who are, are before His throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth. Skip down to verse 12. It says, Then I turned to see the voice of, uh, that spoke to me. Having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands, and in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the Son of God, clothed with a garment down to the feet, and girded about the chest with a golden band. His head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes like a flame of fire. His feet were like fine brass, as if refined in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters." And he had in his right hand seven stars out of his mouth when a sharp two-edged sword in his countenance was like the shining in its strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his right hand on me and, sa and saying to me, Do not be afraid. Now he's talking in that context. God never brings fear. Do not be afraid, I am the first and the last, I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, amen, and the keys, I have the keys of Hades and of death. This is victory. It's triumphant. He is our God. This is the beginning of the book of Revelation. It is not bringing doom and gloom to the Christian. It says grace and peace. When you read Revelation, you're supposed to have grace and peace. Now you have to rightly divide it. We're not getting into that this morning. We're not going to go through uh, the book of Revelation. 
But it, what you need to know is that for the Christian, it's not supposed to be scary. Scary for people that don't know God, yes. The people are scared. Left and right, Christians, thinking, well, this is going to happen and this is the end times. But we're not supposed to be afraid. We don't have a spirit of fear. Ever. Well, did you see the news? Ever. Well, where's this? What? Ever. It's not God. Never. It's not the voice of God to be afraid. God knows all things that are going to happen, and He gave us a glimpse of how things were going to unfold, and it says grace and peace. There's a lot of misunderstandings that cause fear. How can you go through and have the authority of the believer in the Bible, and then all of a sudden all that evaporates, and now unbelievers have, have believers at their mercy? It doesn't, it doesn't line up with the rest of the Bible. We're not supposed to be afraid. We're not supposed to think the way the world thinks. We're not supposed to just take everything in and just, oh, it, you know, they quoted scripture, so it must be true. And you're feeling like running for the hills in fear. That's not God. We just read the description of Jesus. Jesus is not afraid. It is the, the vision of victory, vision of there ain't nothing that's going to push him around. No, it's not fear, but grace and peace. Not fear, but comfort. Calm. Strength. Power. Look at Colossians 3.15. Now before we go to Colossians, go to Matthew. All the way at the end, Julia. We'll pop back up there. Jesus and his disciples. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up to, on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when the evening came, he was alone there, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost, and they cried out for fear. They're scared. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. That's always the message of God. You see that throughout Scripture. An angel would appear to somebody, don't be afraid. That is what God says. Don't be afraid. Why would, if he's on the scene, his angel's on the scene, why would you be afraid? He's there. Well, he's here. By his spirit, he's with us. Always, in any situation you can think of right now, wherever it is in your life, anywhere in the world, He is there. His message always, don't fear. Don't fear. You know, we look at these guys and go, well, of course it's Jesus. Why are you afraid? We could say the same thing in our life. Whenever you see these things in the Bible, it's a good practice, although we're tempted, to say, why didn't they know? Just to look at our own lives and go, how can I apply this? You don't want to be the one going, dummy, and then you, you, know, you realize, wait a minute, I'm doing the exact same thing. He's in the middle. They're in the middle of a storm, in the middle of events. And things are going, and, it, it, and, and there's scary stuff, and these guys are fishermen, so it must have been bad. They're scared. 
and they see Jesus coming, and then they're really scared because they think they saw a ghost. He said, no, it's me. Don't be afraid. Verse 28, and Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, come, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. And then Peter, when Peter had come down to the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was what? Afraid. He just saw Jesus. Jesus said, don't, you know, don't be afraid. It's me. Then he says, tell me to come. He comes. He's walking on water. And then Peter gets afraid. I mean, he is walking in the supernatural. He is literally walking on the sea, and then he gets afraid. He just talked to Jesus. Jesus said, don't be afraid. He's doing the supernatural. He looks at the natural, and then he gets afraid again. Anybody? You don't have to raise your hand ever experience something like that. You heard the word, because the word is, Jesus is the word. You saw the word, God said, don't be afraid. You say, okay, don't be afraid. He's helping you walk through life, doing some things, and then you look at the circumstance, and now you start freaking out. You looked at the word, you were fine, then you start freaking out because you started looking at circumstance which can, which can change, but Jesus, you know what His words are going to be. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. So then Peter, we know the story. He was afraid, began to sink. So when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? They got into the boat and the wind ceased. But look back at verse 30. And when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. So he was moved by the circumstance and he forgot what Jesus said to him. Jesus told him to come, so if he told him to come, then he is able to walk in the middle of that storm because Jesus said so. We see that he started to do it. And then he starts looking at the circumstance again and lets that be the determining factor and starts fearing again. It's the same thing in our life. Regardless of what it looks like, regardless of what the news says, regardless of what anybody else says, we need to look at Jesus and say, well, what did he say? And for the Christian, it is always, do not fear. You have not been given a spirit of fear. You have a spirit of power. Assurance. We could read these the things that are antonyms to fear. We have a spirit of assurance, boldness, confidence, courage, bravery, valor, fortitude, because that is God. In the middle of the storm, in the middle of the waves, in the middle of whatever is going on, God's word is still the same. His gift to us is still the same. There's no fear in it. So if there's fear, we need to reject it. Ah, no, wrong address, not mine. Not going to take it. I'm going to walk in what God has given me. I'm going to walk in strength. Yeah, but look, look at the financial statement. Look at what the doctors report. Those are waves, and they will try to cause you to fear, but in the middle of that, we still need to say, no, rejecting it. God's still true. His word still is, is uh, true. He's still on the throne, and I will pass up this opportunity to receive fear. I'm not going to yield to it. I'm pushing back. Amen. And 10 minutes later, if it comes back, I'm going to push back. Everything that God has said applies 10 minutes later. <laughs> and tomorrow, yeah, but it looks worse tomorrow. What changed according to God? If God showed up on the scene, what would he say? Don't be afraid. Anytime. If somebody were afraid and Jesus is there, those are not supposed to be compatible. He shows up, don't be afraid. 
Why? Because He's there. Well, He's here. Look at Colossians 3, verse 15. We don't have to yield to the fear. Let these things be examples. Because what was supernatural in Peter's life stopped working when he started to yield to fear. He started to sink. But God hadn't changed. Colossians 3.15 says, Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the peace of God, what? Rule. That means dominate in your heart. Grace and peace. Look at the Amplified. Let the peace of Christ, the inner calm of one who walks daily with Him, be the controlling factor in your hearts, deciding and settling questions that arise. Not what's going on, the peace of God. That's how we're led. That's how we act. We go on what He has said and let that peace be the umpire. In the Amplified Classic, let the peace, soul harmony that comes from Christ, which comes from Christ, act as umpire continually, in your hearts, deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your minds. Because that, that doubt, that questioning, will come up when there are circumstances. Yeah, but, what if? Those are all leading to fear. And the peace of God is supposed to say, is supposed to be the umpire saying, nope, nope, we're not going to be led by that. Nope, we're going to stay with what God has said. Look at the Passion Translation. Let your heart always be guided by the peace of the Anointed One. There's always peace. Never fear. Always peace. See, you can show up on a scene with a bunch of fear, and you can be the peace conduit. There's fear everywhere. There's people yielding to fear, but it bounces off you. You decide, instead, you're going to yield to peace. You're going to be the one that's yielding to God. What would Jesus be doing in the situation? That's what we need to do, because we have the Spirit of Jesus on the inside of us, the Holy Spirit of the living God, and He is always there. The peace is there. That is the absence of fear. And so instead of yielding to the fear that can be hovering here, we say, oh, no, I'm yielding to something else. Not out here, in here. And that peace permeates the situation. Somebody has to. Somebody's got to yield to peace if, it, if we're going to go over. Somebody's got to yield to what God's saying if we're going to go over. Because if everybody's yielding to fear, it's going to be chaos. People running around. Screaming? No. We look to Him, and we walk in what He has said, and that leads to per peace. Just visualize the Christ, Jesus, saying, do not fear. When we're tempted to do it, you can just visualize Him, him saying, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't fear. I'm here. Don't fear. Yeah, but, nope. Nope, he's here. Don't fear. Don't yield to it. Oh, but it looks like, oh, but it feels like, oh, but they're saying. Focus more on what he said than what, quote, unquote, they're saying. That's so much of what we get into trouble. We're listening to voices that are they're, they're, they're conduit for this fear. They're amplifying fear. And we need to look at His voice, what He's saying, what He has said, and amplify that. Let's look at Psalm 27, 1 and close with this. Go back up. It says, the Lord is my light, and the, my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? You could say, of what shall I be afraid? Of what circumstance shall I be afraid? Of what 
or who or organization or anything shall I be afraid. Why? Because the Lord is my light and my salvation. He is the strength of my life. He is the one who gives me strength. I have not been given a spirit of fear. I've been given the spirit of love, power, love, and a sound mind. That is what I have. And we need to get sassy with that. We need to push back because if you think the devil, Satan, is wicked, if you think you know, fear is of Satan, if you think fear pushing on you is somehow going to take a break just because you want it to, because you're a Christian, because you read some scriptures, then we have another thing coming. We need to push back and say, no, I'm not taking that. God Almighty is my strength. He's my light. He is my salvation. So I will not fear. And all these things that we, we read that go with it. All these low-level fear things. We wouldn't say, well, I'm fearing, but I'm sure in a bad mood. Why are you in a bad mood? Because I'm afraid, if I were honest. I'm afraid of what's going to happen in this situation or this situation. But, it, but God always has a way through, over, around. He is on the throne, and if we'll just stay hooked with Him, like Peter, if Peter just says, well, the waves are bigger, but hey, Jesus is still here, and He told me to come, so it doesn't really matter if the waves are bigger. I'm still going on. Then He's not sinking. It's when He started to say, what about the waves? The waves don't matter at that point. Our circumstance doesn't matter at any point, any point. Not tomorrow, not next week, not a month from now. Well, it's really bad now. Now's the time to panic. There's never a time to panic. Never. If anything is trying to get you uptight, yeah, but now this is happening. So, and God's word is still true, and God's, if you're a Christian, the presence of God is still with you, and He's saying, if you'll tune in, don't be afraid. Don't fear. And peace will come on. Yield to that. Praise God.